Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Gotta love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected, and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. All right, let's get relaxed and ready to receive the message this week, to take a little time for ourselves, work on ourselves, work on our relationships, and just kind of get recentered. So let's take a deep breath in through the nose. And out through the mouth. We're going to do it again. This time focus on dropping your shoulders, relaxing your jaw. And this week's mantra is going to be keep it moving. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. Keep it moving. Why is it keep it moving? Well, this week we're going to talk about some people, (laughs) all of us, you know, that we're going through at some point or another, having to move on from things and setting boundaries and how that's going to feel when you do set them. Because I did my uh, video recently on Kourtney Kardashian quitting Keeping Up With The Kardashians. And after the video was done, it just didn't feel quite right. Even though I'd hit all the things I wanted to say and the talking points, I was like, I, it just, it feels like there's something missing, like something I wasn't able to tell them. And it was setting boundaries is fucking painful. It is one of the most painful things you are going to have to do as a human being because you don't want to do it. I hate setting boundaries. I hate having to tell people, no, that treatment's not acceptable. No, I will accept this, I will not accept that. I don't wanna do that. I just wanna accept everything and figure it out later. And that's how I lived probably the first 25 years of my life, doing exactly that. Oh, it's okay. Oh no, this is fine. The scraps that you wanna give me? Oh my God, that's totally fine. (laughs) It's fine. It wasn't fine. Brother, it was far from fine. And I only figured that out the hard way, obviously, as I have to learn every lesson down the road. Like, if I don't have an idea of how I want to be treated, if I don't have an idea of my boundaries, people are going to assume I have none. And they're not going to be wrong. They are going to see me as someone who will take whatever, this beggar's mentality, and people, just naturally, it's human nature, are going to tend to exploit that. Well, I don't really have to take her out on a date. I mean, she lets me come over and watch Yellowstone or whatever, like whatever. And who was responsible for that creation, that dynamic? Me, not him, me. And so we're going to kind of do a deeper dive on this Kourtney Kardashian thing and how to, because we talked about in the video how to make unpopular decisions in the name of authenticity. But we didn't talk about, like I said, how it's going to feel. So we're going to tackle that a little bit with somebody who had a question and walk through that. But we're also going to talk to some other girls who've had to, yep, keep it moving. We're going to go into these as we go along. So let's get started on our first question. Anastasia said, I've been dating this guy for the last four months and we've talked every day and hung out often. He told me that he really liked me and could see us going somewhere. Then out of like seemingly nowhere, He said that a girl had cheated on him and maybe he's like not over it. And he just broke things off saying he needs to focus on himself. I just feel so blindsided because honestly, I thought we were on the same page. How can he give up on us? I just do not understand. Oh God, girl. Oh, 
I'm so sorry. I've had this happen and it is so agonizing. And yes, blindsided is exactly the right word. And like, oh, wow, you're just going to throw away this connection? Really? Because I know that you guys are like me. When I say I have a connection with someone, like that means something. Whether it's a friendship, a coworker friendship, and certainly with dating, like I'm willing to see where things go. And it is wild to me how few guys are. I mean, that is, this, the scenario Anastasia is going through is like such a common one that so many of us encounter. It's just, it's just bananas. So I just, I kind of wonder if he was really maybe not over this chick and like moving kind of fast with you, but like emotionally, not like physically. It was almost him playing house and trying to go from that serious stage with her and leap into the serious stage with you, bypassing that slow courtship. Or maybe he felt like he was really bonding with you and he equates bonding with pain because he bonded with an ex. She cheated on him. So I'm not going to bond again. It's just going to lead down the same road. Men are honestly just like so fucking weak. They are so weak. They have one heartbreak and they bitch about it for the rest of their lives. It is absolutely unreal. Someone hurt me once. Uh, yeah, that's actually been my default state since I was about 12 years old. No shit people hurt you. You just keep getting out there and doing it. I have dealt with guys who self-sabotage and it just makes no sense to me. Women don't do that, you know? We don't have like the one that got away. Guys do. Have you ever listened to country music songs? I mean, almost any song, like outside of country. It's like the women sing songs like, he's so stupid, I had to walk away, I couldn't keep investing in this. The men's songs are like, she was the best thing that happened. Don't think I don't think about it. I stood there like a fence post while you drove away. These are real lyrics. I'm not making these up. It's because guys self-sabotage and you're just like, what the fuck, dude? And you have to, I don't know. It's like you stay so long in that situation, just trying to shake the idiot out of them and be like, you are ruining things. I am giving you rope and rope and rope and all you're doing is hanging yourself. And it's doubly frustrating when they're like, I know. Okay, well, if you know, then do better. If this is what every single ex has told you, why don't you stop doing it? Girl, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I'm going to do a whole video on the concept of self-sabotage because it's just... It's baffling. Like, I want one of these dudes who do this to do some sort of TED Talk. Like, here, tales from an idiot. Here's what Kyle and Jeff have to say. Like, I need to know. But with this guy, here's the course of action. Space. If he says he needs to work on himself, he is right. And that's not an easy thing for guys to say. And look, sometimes it's bullshit. Sometimes it legitimately is bullshit. It's just a thing that they say, oh, I just need to work on myself. What they mean is they need to work on Lauren down the street. They need to work on Kristen they met at the bar. They need to work on Hannah and Michaela. They're just a fuckboy and they want to keep fucking around. Maybe because you're not fucking. Maybe you're not putting out. Maybe you do have standards and boundaries that you have communicated. And they're like, whoa, uh, I don't know. Zero points for lack of honesty, but like half a point for at least not gaslighting you and being like, you're just so crazy and you just need more than I can like handle because you just need too much. Nothing makes me more insane than that. But look. If he does need to work on himself, like I said, he's right. And time will tell if he does. But you have to ice him out. As hard as that is, that's going to be the most effective strategy to getting him back. Sometimes guys need a very big dose of what they think they want in order to do the right thing. I just want to hang out with my friends. Great. Have fun at your circle, jerk. I'm going home. Like, are you kidding me? 
I think I like someone else. Have fun in Hawaii with her. Have fun wanting to murder each other in that hotel room. Okay. Because look, there's certain things that drive a dude to dump you out of nowhere. And a lot of times it's fear. Sometimes it's they're, they're a fuckboy and they're on to the next and there's nothing we can do to change that. And we certainly shouldn't keep plugging into that. But if it's fear, and look, we should not plug into that either. We are no one's emotional rehab. That's not what we are. We are not a rehab facility for broken men or ineffective men, nor are we the ones who are going to close the gap between who he currently is and who he needs to be. We can't date potential. But if it is a fear-based thing, whether it's an ex or whatever, he likes you too much, he's freaking out, he doesn't think he's good enough for you, fear burns away, okay? Fear is that snooky voice, that hysterical snooky voice, whereas our intuition and our true self and our true heart is that calm, quiet Oprah voice. Boys have that too. I wonder what it sounds like for them. Do you think like, do you think the crazy snooky voice sounds like, um, like the situation or like probably some like insane radio DJ. I hate radio DJs. And like the calm, normal voice sounds like Barack or like James Earl Jones or maybe Kevin Costner, something. That fear will burn off. Fear always does. And what will remain is the solid stuff, the good times, the bond, the happiness. That's why guys always come back. And they always come back. Because when they make a fear-based decision and dump you out of nowhere, they're on a high. Because fear is adrenaline. And like we, we can't really tell the difference in our body between happy adrenaline and crazed, terrified adrenaline sometimes. That's why we make the same sounds when we're in pain as we do when we're like having sex. Because it's, the, it's like the opposite end of the same spectrum and your body just interprets it in one way. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy, but it's true. So they are on this sort of high. It's like, I'm free, I'm hanging out with my friends. And then things start to descend, right? I'm free, this is amazing. Oh, it's kind of cold today. I wish I had someone to snuggle with and watch TV. Oh my God, wait, I have a cold, I had a bad day. Oh, I miss her. You know, it's just this terrible descent. We, on the other hand, we go the opposite direction. We start low. Oh my God, I miss him so much. <laughs> okay, I'm going out with my friends. Oh my God, the weather's nice. Oh, look, you guy looked at me at the bar. I'm so over him. And that's why guys seem to come back at the precise minute you're over it. Because you're on the exact same path, just in opposite directions. So you, you cross the same time. It's wild. It's wild. So give that fear time to burn off, right? And see what remains. If you guys really do have a connection, he's going to be back. But you have to look at what you want out of him and whether he was truly meeting your needs. I think there were some significant things in this in this message, like we hung out often. You know, like after four months, I think a guy should be stepping up and be like, you're my girlfriend, I don't want anyone else to have you. But maybe you were, you know, not super gang for that, and maybe there were parts of you that were hesitant as well. I mean, if you're not sleeping with someone, there's a reason why. Like, you, there's something that says, uh, I'm gonna pump the brakes here, maybe this isn't the right decision, maybe they're not making me feel super safe. It's really, really easy to get caught up in why doesn't he like me? It's so, I mean, it's impossible not to get caught up in that. But very rarely do we stop and say, why do I like him? Why, why do I like him? And what about this person is non-replicable that I cannot replicate in any one else. 
And you think, well, it's not just one thing. It's the combination of things. Okay, there's 8 billion people in the world. Let's say there's maybe five traits in this dude that you loved. Just love it. And it's like, I love this combination. Like, get out a TI-89 and do the math on how likely it is you can find a combination of these five traits out of maybe 10 traits that humans have in one of 8 billion people. You can find it again. Like, I promise you. But hey, girl, I know. When you have it and you think, we, ha we had it. <laughs> like, we, we went through the hard part. We found each other. We got to know each other. What, what the fuck? I know. But use this time while the fear, while the hysteria, while his weird snooky voice is burning off to really ask yourself, what do I like about him? Was he meeting my needs? Was I dating potential? Was I dating just the idea of him? Was it the person? Or was it just the possibilities? If he were back tomorrow, all in 100%, what would need to change for you to feel okay and safe in this relationship? You are the prize, girl, not him. Never, ever forget that. So this question is not one that you guys submitted. It's one that <laughs> my friend submitted, basically. She was talking to me about this thing she's going through with this guy who she's been dating for like, I think like six-ish weeks. And things started really good. He was really aggressive and assertive. And it's like he got so in his head about her, he absolutely imploded. And I, I'm talking about this with her permission. So my friend's a doctor. She's crazy smart. She's crazy educated. She's gotten like awards for what she does. And she is single AF. And she <clears throat> has had problems in the past with like guys sort of being intimidated by her. Because she lives out here in Montana and like, not a lot of women are doctors. I mean, not a lot of people are doctors. We, we do not have enough doctors. Can you please move out here if you're a doctor? But she started dating this guy and he makes, I think he like makes custom furniture or something. Maybe some leather thing. I don't know. But he like has a business. He's supporting himself. You know, he's, he's doing what people in small towns do. He's not a congressman, but who cares? She didn't care at all. And she's like, I... I don't talk about my career and she legit doesn't. She's not like a braggy person. She's the opposite of me and better than me in every way. She's like, I feel like he is terrified of me. He's terrified of me. He doesn't, he, we can barely be alone together. He always wants to be like with his friends on group dates. She's like, I feel like I'm in high school. Like we're Mormons who can't be trusted alone. And she's like, it's, it's getting to be like, it's getting to be really insulting. And so I told him the other day, look, I like you, I like hanging out with you, but I'm not trying to like group date with all of like our mutual friends and stuff because they're in the same friend group. She's like, I need solo dates. I want a weekend getaway with you. I need you to text me good morning, princess, every morning. Like I need to feel like a priority in your life. And this dude just like shut the bed. He absolutely, I mean, he collapsed. He completely collapsed and she is so brokenhearted, so brokenhearted. And he's like, I just don't feel like I'm on the same level as you. I feel like you're so successful. Like, why would you like me? And she's like, you know, I've, I know that guys have felt like that before, but I've never had someone actually say it to my face. This was all just like an assumption. And I hoped, I always hoped I was wrong that guys were intimidated by me because and this is true. She's not an intimidating person. She's not like loud and crazy. She's simply successful. And she said something that was so true and so heartbreaking. She's like, I feel like every trophy is just a brick in a wall 
around me. It's just built this fortress where it doesn't keep people in, it keeps people out. And I don't know what to do about it. Do I quit my job and go work at a gas station? Like, what am I supposed to do to make guys feel okay about dating me? And I'm like, you know what? First of all, this is the wrong guy, which I I mean, I didn't say that because, you know, that's so hard to hear. And I actually don't know that he is the wrong guy for her. I think they had such a great connection. I saw them together. They had so much chemistry. They seemed to really genuinely like and respect each other. But again, it's that fear. It's his snooky brain freaking out and screaming at him to get away from this girl because his ego is threatened or she's like this mirror of all the things he's never accomplished, even though he didn't want to be a doctor. Like he didn't want to be a sports medicine doctor. I don't know why that would be so intimidating, but guys are ego-driven creatures, you know? Like they compare themselves and it's really hard for successful women to date because like we're not competing with our boyfriends. I don't compare myself to my boyfriend's careers. Like, oh, you got an award, great. Oh, you made money, great, good for you. I'm so happy for you. Something goes right for us and it's like, holy shit. Oh, fuck, she's out earning me, oh my God. So what are we supposed to do? I just, I don't know. And I know she feels so lost that everything she is really proud of in her life seems to be working against her. So I told her to kind of like lay it out with him. Like, this is what I need. This is what I like about you, but I can't dial down what I need in order to be with you. This is what we're talking about this week. The boundary setting. The talk about standards. The standard setting. And how it's going to feel. Because in theory, like so many things, it's going to feel great. Oh, this is just, I'm going to tell my boss off and you know what? I'm just going to rock on out of there. Uh, Have you ever done that? Have you ever like told your boss off and gotten fired? Does not feel great. Doesn't feel great at all. It feels terrifying. It's like just putting the pedal to the metal and closing your eyes and wobbling the steering wheel and That doesn't feel great either. It feels terrifying and out of control because it is. So when we have to lay down the law with someone we're dating, we have this warped idea. It's not warped, but it's optimistic that we're going to feel like a badass warrior princess. I'm a fucking warm-blooded animal, bitch. Here's my needs. It doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like self-gaslighting. It feels like, what have I done? How could I have asked him to text me good morning every day? That's crazy. Why would I have, oh my God, why did I say that? Why did I say I needed to go out on a date every week? I look like a crazy person. We actually don't need guys to gaslight us. We are more than capable of doing that on our own. It's like a masturbatory gaslighting, you know? We need no other help. And I watched her go through this and watched her devolve. I mean, she just melted down, regretting telling this guy what she needed from him. And I was like trying to be there for her and be like a a cheerleader. I'm like, nothing you said was crazy. Nothing you said was over the top. None of your needs are insane. I'm like, girl, I I would have told you. I would straight up be like, that's kind of unrealistic. You know, six FaceTimes a day or... He can't hang out with his friends ever or whatever. You know, that's that's probably unrealistic and also just simply unhealthy. I'm like, I signed off on all of these things and I'm a pretty neutral third party here. But it didn't feel good for her. And building fences rarely does. Building a fence is hard. It's confusing. Where's my property line? Blah. And you feel like you're just keeping people out. 
And you are, but you're also keeping what's inside that fence safe. You are keeping yourself safe. And not in this safe way. It's like safe because I never date. No one's ever going to hurt me again. No, because when you tell people what you need, where your line is, what your standards are, when you break it down to them like, hey, I need this kind of date. I need this much alone time with you. I need this many calls a week, blah, 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 blah. They have a rubric and they want to feel like they're doing well or if they're not planning on like hitting these marks, at least you have put it out there. You have been unequivocal about what you need and what you expect. And so you can't look at yourself and be like, well, he probably didn't know that I needed this because, hey, people aren't mind readers. They don't know. We have to tell them, but we can't tell them until we know. And sometimes we don't know until we get into it right? Sometimes in theory, oh yeah, like I'd be fine if I only like heard from him a few times a week. Well, actually, no, I need that good morning text. That is something I need. And if somebody tells me I'm crazy for needing that, that is because they're deficient and they can't rise to the challenge. And maybe that's the case with my friend and this dude. He seems to think that he's like beneath her in some way. And she's like, he's not like I really like him. I don't want him to be a sports medicine doctor either. Like, I don't I don't need any of this. I just want him. I just want time with him. I just want his personality. And it's tough because she's inclined to like spew all that out. And I'm like, no, like you don't need to throw him a ticker tape parade and make a whole PowerPoint presentation about how awesome he is in order to lull him into this sense of safety to be with you. I've tried that in the past and it simply doesn't work. It actually creeps guys out more you kind of have to be a bitch. And being a bitch is saying, this is what I'm okay with. This is what I'm not okay with. Get on board and move the fuck along, right? And I've had to do that sort of recently and it was not fun. So we were kind of in the same boat for a little bit. And yeah, you think it's gonna feel like woman power and it doesn't. You start to tell yourself that everything you need is insane. You start to think, oh my God, I should just, I should call them back and be like, I am so sorry. I don't need any of these things. I'm so sorry, I don't need any of these things. But you know who's talking? You know who is fueling that? Snooky. Snooky brain. That is Snooky using her like inside voice. Like, you should call him back and tell him you, you don't care. You should call him back and tell him you don't care. That it's fine. Don't listen to that bitch because she's using her inside voice. She is still Snooky. It doesn't matter. That's your fear telling you that you can't be without this person right? And, you know, there's so many times in our life that we have that fear-based voice telling us to shrink, minimize, do whatever we have to to hold on to someone so that they don't leave, so that they don't hurt us. What kind of dynamic does that remind me of? When one person is cowering and the other person has all the power. Um, a hostage situation? I picture someone on the floor of a bank freaking out. Someone's got their foot on their neck with a gun pointed at their head. That's a hostage situation. That's not a dating loving relationship where to keep him, I have to obliterate what I need. So I told her, keep it moving. You put it out there. He can take this bait or not. He can rise to the occasion. He can be the man you need him to be or not. And you have to keep it moving. What does that mean? 
I don't just mean keep it moving and like keep getting out there and keep dating, keep like bringing in new blood into your life so that, oh, okay, he was really funny and he was really hot. Well, that's weird because I met three other guys this weekend who were funny and also hot. Huh. So maybe what he brings to the table wasn't really that special. Maybe I can replicate it. But we need to keep things moving in the rest of our lives, right? We need to keep crafting a life that is okay without a boy in it. Because if we don't have the rest of that, man, we're going to be making some fear-based snooky decisions. Because otherwise, when a guy leaves, he takes everything with him. He takes your whole social scene. He takes you having someone to listen to you at the end of the day. He takes physical affection. You know who can fulfill those things? Friends. A dog. Even a small horse. I mean, they're not going to listen to your problems and be super helpful, but they're going to give you something to do. They're going to give you a sense of purpose and agency outside of a guy. So instead of letting her sit in the spiral where she's just like waiting for him to call her back, waiting for him to make a decision, waiting to see what he does, I'm like, we're going out and we are having a full day. We are going horseback riding. We are going shooting. We're going to go to a lumber sports competition. We are filling our lives and we are keeping our lives moving forward. And it sucks. It sucks. I know this. When we have to tell someone what our boundaries are, where our fence line is, it's not happy because we're lovers. We're lovers. We're not fighters. But being a lover is okay if you love yourself first. And that sounds so cheesy. That sounds so like sign at home goods, you know, gather. But it's true. Because when we stop making excuses for shitty behavior, everything changes. Everything in our life opens up. Suddenly, we're not so emotionally exhausted, right? We're not full of resentment. We're not making these fear-based decisions, not just in this dating category, but in every category, because we're ashamed of ourselves. It's like when you're eating bad food, you know? When you're on like a terrible nutrition jag, you're probably not doing great things in the rest of your life. You're probably drinking too much, maybe sleeping too late, you're not working out, you're picking at your skin at night, you're not conditioning your hair. It's a very slippery slope because when you feel ashamed in one category, shame is infectious. It metastasizes throughout your entire life and it becomes very familiar if you allow it to. So you got to pull back and say, no, no, I'm not going to cultivate this garden of shame inside myself. I'm not going to. I'm going to undergo this emotional chemotherapy so that it doesn't metastasize, so that this is not the dominant thing that's inside of me. I'm going to be proud of myself. I'm going to set my boundaries. I'm going to pull back and be like, hey, you know what? The situation isn't working. I like you, but I like me more. And at the end of the day, I'm inside me 24 hours a day. Bro, you're inside me for about 11 seconds. (laughs) So I got to be real clear with the girl in the mirror. I gotta be able to look her in the eye and say, you know what, we made a really hard decision today. We made a hard, painful decision to tell this person this isn't working. But we're used to making hard decisions here at the Chalantourage, aren't we? We make hard decisions about what we eat and staying healthy and staying fit. We make hard decisions about our career. No, I'm gonna stay in tonight to work on this presentation. No, I'm actually not gonna drink because I gotta go home and work on my Etsy store. We're used to the hard work. We're used to that grittiness, that tenacity, and that achievement. And we can keep being used to that with our love life. So this is a long answer to kind of a short question, but I feel like it needed to be said because I feel like, 
you know, this boundary setting and standing up for yourself, we think it's going to feel like sunshine and puppy dogs, and it doesn't. It feels self-betraying. It feels so risky and vulnerable, like you're opening your chest and laying your heart bare. But that, I think, is something that will wane. The more you do it, like, the less scary it's going to be to say, no, that's, that's not what I'm used to. Bye. You'll have already walked down this road. You're already going to know how this is going to feel. And it's not going to be so frightening every step of the way. You're going to know, okay, after I send that text to whoever, being like, you can't act like this. This is not what I accept, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, whether it's a boyfriend, it doesn't matter. And you're going to know, all right, I'm going to hit send. I'm going to feel good for about 30 seconds. And then the anxiety is going to set in. And I'm going to feel anxious and I'm going to gaslight myself for 24 hours, right? And each time it's going to be fewer. It's going to be 20 hours, then 10, then only four. But then the next day, I'm going to shake it off. And the thing that's going to burn off is also fear. Fear is going to burn away from me. That anxiety is going to burn off. And I'm going to be left with the foundation of that dynamic. And maybe it's good and maybe it's bad. But I'm also going to be left with the foundation of who I am. You know what? I'm glad I said that. You know what? I do need that text. You know what? I won't accept that treatment. And I have no one to apologize to. I don't need to shrink or cower because I am a queen and a warm-blooded animal. I am not a hostage. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Chalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. Stay savage.